Hey there, boys and girls. It's Ralph Garman, and you're listening to Talking Codswallop. Good choice. Hey, I'm Alicia Witt. I'm Daniel Portman from Game of Thrones. I play Podrick Payne. I'm Ellipses, and you're listening to the Talking... Okay, I'm Mark Bernard, and you're listening to the Talking Codswallop podcast. Hey, man, it's Kevin Smith, Silent Bob, whose voice you were never used to hearing in the 90s until I started opening it up, man. And that's because I'm a podcaster, and you're listening to a podcast. Talking Codswallop, right here, man. Welcome to this week's episode of Talking Codswallop. This week I'm here with a gentleman who is the UK correspondent for the Ralph Report. Um, his name is Steve Ashton. Say it like it is, Gemma. I'm a, I'm a, a bad joke writing hack who's managed to persuade his way onto a leading podcast. I've managed to huckster my way onto it. <laughs> well, you know, you know, well, somebody had to. So, <laughs> well, hopefully, I'm, I'm hopefully I'm repping the UK in, a, in an okay fashion. You are, you are, you like seriously it does make me giggle every time that you come on. So, no, oh, thank you. That's all right, no problem at all. I'm completely freelance with an emphasis on the free. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, that's good, but it's still a good platform for you to be heard about, really. Well, do you know what, Gemma? If I'm not getting paid, then there's no expectation about producing anything remotely of quality. So it's a, it's a win-win, I guess, for both Ralph and I. <laughs> but I did get... I was going to say, he did um, help me... I did comp me a ticket to go and watch Hollywood Babylon because I was in the States a couple of weeks ago um, on business. And um, I thought, well, I'm here for the weekend. I might as well fly over to LA to go and watch the show so Ralph very happily comped me and I got to to say hello and hung out backstage and I got to say hi to Kevin also which was really nice for maybe two minutes in the parking lot after the show before he shot off home. <laughs> I was actually going to ask you about um, going and watching uh, Hollywood Babylon that's yeah I was very envious because it's something that I would absolutely love to do. Yeah, did you see the show when they came to London a few years ago? I didn't, unfortunately, right. no, because um, a friend of mine actually got uh, got married over the dates that they were here. Right. So, yeah, sadly, so friend had to come first. Priorities, so. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> but I'm, I'm pleased to say we're still friends. You know, yeah, imagine yeah. if I wasn't friends with her anymore. Right, no, absolutely. <laughs> that would have been, been a good thing. And it's, um, I don't know if you saw the... Um, the uh, message that Kevin put out on Facebook Live, just that's saying that he's feeling much better and he's yeah. on the road to recovery now. But obviously, you know, having a big scare like that certainly puts things into perspective. And um, you know, Kevin Smith is a very deep thinker, so uh, so it was it was really nice to sort of you know, get his um, you know just get some update from him because as somebody I was, I'm assuming you're a big fan of his too, right? Absolutely, yeah. To be completely honest, yesterday when I uh, found out, I think I. I think I went onto Twitter at work, um, which I'm technically not supposed to do, but there you go. Um, I did it at about 11 o'clock and I, that's when I found out. And it was almost like my heart just jumped into my throat, you know. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, and I think, for me, one of the, I'm a big fan of his output, right? So his movies and the podcast and all that sort of stuff. But for me, I think the thing that's, it's, it's his, his whole kind of philosophy um, of, you know, why not of, of going out and then creating and, you know, doing something. And I assume 
he was one of the inspirations behind you doing this show. Yeah, he was absolutely. Yeah, listening to his po- podcast, but also just listening to him speak as well, and the fact that he says it's such an easy thing to do, and he's right, it is an easy thing to do. As long as well, you don't even need to have somebody to talk to. You can just sit and talk to yourself, as I have done on other pod um, on other episodes. But of yeah. course, it's nice to actually speak to people because you kind of get that instant feedback, don't you? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I sit and talk to myself all day long anyway, but um, that's just me on my own <laughs> in my flats. But uh, so it's nice for me to be involved with um, to be here on this podcast and also be involved with the Ralph Report because it's just something an extra little bit of sort of creative. You know, a bit of a creative endeavor that um, you know you don't always get the luxury to be able to do in you know sort of day to day. So I feel tremendously honoured and very lucky to be, like I say, to have persuaded and cajoled and conned Roth into letting me do a couple of five minute <laughs> segments every week. <laughs> yeah, you did well. How did you actually sort of start the ball rolling with that? So I used to um, I used to work full time in radio. I do little bits and pieces now and again and voiceover stuff and all sorts of little things like that. I make podcasts for businesses and different things like this. So I um, obviously heard that he'd lost his job at K-Rock. Yeah. I, I did a very similar job to him in commercial radio here in the UK. So I sent him a note straight when I'd heard and said, like, I really empathise. Something very similar happened to me. Like one day, I was because I was um, working on a radio station, I'd been one on the same one for about three years, and they wanted to have a bit of a change around. So, of course, the people on the big contracts who were friends with all the management, they weren't reorganised, but I was reorganised. And it was almost... A, you know, a carbon copy, although I hadn't been there 20 years, but it's almost kind of a carbon copy of the situation that um, that Ralph had been in. I was told basically one day I was shit-canned and that um, my services would no longer be required, which is a, I didn't have a, um, a family at the time, but I can I could really empathise with just what how devastating that could, that could be, particularly the role, I think, that he had on that show, right? Because yeah. I think he was pretty much the go-to guy for, right, we need something funny for this bit, please come up with something. Um, and that I kind of had that role in, in when I was um, in radio as well. So, like I say, I really empathised with him. I sent him a note saying that oh, something almost exactly the same thing happened to me. Um, and whatever you do, you know, I'll, I'll be listening in, tuning in, or downloading. Um, and I and I probably like many other people suggested, what about doing something on Patreon? And um, funny enough, he did. So I wrote to him about six or seven times to the point when I was going, this is coming off a bit creepy now. Um, yeah. But I always, I always <laughs> prefaced it by saying, "Look, I hope I'm not coming off as creepy," which is always a way to show that maybe you are actually thinking you're, yourself you're creepy. But so now, Rosie, six, seven times with just a few ideas and said, "Look, I'd love to um, do something um, or not. It's entirely obviously up to you, but I can provide some of the UK um, sort of spin on things because he's a, he's a big anglophile, right? So he loves his James Bond and his Doctor Absolutely. Who. So I said, and he said, "Yeah." So we set up a call. We had a chat. Um, I was instantly incredibly nervous and we spoke for about 20 minutes or rather I spoke for about 20 minutes with complete verbal diarrhea um, <laughs> and then came off the phone and thought, oh shit, he's going to think I'm nuts. He's not going to want to do anything. I just blown it. And then I felt really bad and beat myself up emotionally for about a day. And then we set some time up and right from the start, it kind of instantly, he said, I like your stuff. I like what you've done. Um, I tried to as much as possible kind of do a do it in a sort of similar vein to how uh, he runs the showbiz beat parts um, with a little bit of story, a bit of opinion or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that was it. We were up and running from then. Of and uh, you know we speak twice a week, and it's always uh, it's, it's other it's other than seeing my kids. It's the highlight of my week. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it does. You know what? It can, you can kind of 
tell in a way you know you, you can hear the sort of the happiness and the excitement in your voice as you um actually record that segment yeah absolutely and it helps that a couple of weeks ago we got very drunk together at um, uh, the Hollywood Babylon show. So um, we yeah. kind of had a little bit of a little bit of bonding there. But I, I just think, I mean, you've spoken to him, Jim. You, you had a, a great interview with him. Thank you. He's just an incredibly friendly, fun person. Yeah, absolutely. Be, to be honest, I realised that he was going to be a friendly person anyway. Yeah. But I didn't realise he was going to be that friendly. Yeah. You know, he's such a kind-hearted person. Because, you know, people do get the um, misconception that, you know, because obviously on Hollywood Babylon, he's a bit more, um, a, a bit more on the, pardon? a curmudgeon. Yeah, yeah, a bit more aggro. <laughs> a drunk old guy at a barbecue who's had too much to drink and had an argument with his wife. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, you know, it's kind of almost like you think to yourself, well, um, is it going to be a little twist of that in it? You know, kind of thing. But no, absolutely, there was none of that. And you know, Jim, I was really nervous about going over to Hollywood Babylon because, you know, having worked in TV and radio and, and done bit different things like stand up and stuff, um, you know, that whole that whole cliche of never meet your heroes. I've met some, yeah. you know, people who I really respected and looked up to, and they turned out to be complete arseholes. And equally, I've met some people that, like, do you remember Darius from X Factor? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I expected him to be a complete and total bell end, but he was one of the <laughs> nicest people I've ever met. It was, um, and we were, I was introducing him at this big concert that we did every year, and he was just the sweetest, nicest guy. And I really wanted to dislike him, but um. But uh, no, he was really, really lovely. Conversely, some of the people you imagine were going to be nice were just told arseholes like Blue, for example. Remember those? Yeah, yeah, I do remember them as well. So, yeah. well, all of them, they were arseholes. Yeah, yeah. Arseholes. And particular, and in particular, the one who's got the high voice. I can't remember his name. Mm, to be honest, but they yeah. were, yeah, no, they were not very good. They were very much full of themselves. Yeah, I was going to say. To be honest, I boy band wise, I mean, anything that I was interested in from twelve below. Um, as in age, yeah. 12 below, yeah. <laughs> um, Your age, then, 12 below, right? Pardon? Your age, 12 below. Yes, yeah. yes, <laughs> absolutely, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, but anything that I was interested in, uh, 12 or below, Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'm still making it any worse or any better, no, no. to be honest. Um, Keep digging. Yeah, I kind of got memories of sort of like Boyzone, um, uh, NSYNC, who I met Joey Fatone on the Impractical... Uh, do you know the Impractical Jokers? Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I actually went on the Impractical Jokers cruise. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. That must have been a lot of fun. That was. It was a huge amount of fun, to be honest. And um, um, Joey Fatone was actually on the boat. Yeah. And I've got this cheesiest um, look oh, on my oh, face oh. as I'm meeting him. <laughs> and he seems like a really good guy when he's on Impractical Jokers as well, right? Yeah. And in person. He was so lovely. Yeah. He had the time for everybody. And you going on the next one? I know they've got one coming up. Is it next year now? Yeah, it's in February. Um, that one is from Tampa, Florida right. to uh, the Bahamas, I believe. Right. And yes, I am. I'm going to go. So did you, did you get to meet Brian Johnson and all the rest? Well, it was only Brian really from TSD was on there, wasn't he? Yeah, and and Q of course. All right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah, of course. Yes, I, yeah, I was, I was uh, a constant, you know, like constant contact with Brian Johnson because I've kind of built up a bit of a rapport with him. All right. Well, you're a woman, so it's very easy, right? <laughs> you're a lady, so yeah. it's very easy. He tends to he tends to only really reach out. I've noticed 
on um, on their uh, email and sorry, not on email on Twitter and stuff to the, the ladies. <laughs> I think yeah, I think it does help to be a thirteen percenter, but uh, yeah, yeah, he. Yeah, he he was given as much attention to um there was a bunch of Indians. Yeah. Um on there, but it was more the red Indian type people. Native American. Yes, Native American, thank you. I think that's the politically correct term. N- a, yeah, Native American. Indigenous, that's it, it's an indigenous person. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately I don't come af- I don't come from PC world. I'm, um, you know, P- the only PC world was the shop <laughs> when I was growing up. <laughs> yeah, I heard the story, I think, on one of the TSD podcasts, I think it was. Yeah. Yes. When he was late. He, oh, God. It was it was so funny watching Q absolutely squirm. And because he's, he's um, fantastic at what he does, but he's not overly good at sort of stand up and on the spot type things right sure. well that's the impression that i've got so i could be completely wrong but yeah did you see when he and sal came to the uk they did what say you yeah again um i missed that one as well because oh, no. of another right. friend so Gemma, call yourself a fan come on <laughs> i'm not a fan i'm an aunt <laughs> be like me don't have any friends or family that you care about and just go and watch um, live <laughs> podcast shows well this year i am <laughs> yeah. but um they were so when when they were here in the uk doing have you been to see the one of the the Tenderloin shows? I have, yeah. I've seen a couple of them actually. Okay, I've not I've not seen that. When they were at the O2, did you go there? No, um because I've got a lot of friends in Manchester and Birmingham, I actually went to shows up there. Okay. Yeah, so um it was actually quite good because the seats were, you know, we actually managed to get a lot closer seats, you know, because obviously the O2 is so huge, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So and- and do you know when they did so when they did their punishment here and there at the football ground? I was there as well, yeah. Well, you so was I. So uh, there was because it's not too far. It's probably about a 40, 45 minute drive from where I live. So I saw okay. that they. I think it came across on Twitter. Went, I'm definitely going to that. So yeah. I took a sicky day from work and then um, I went there with a couple of friends of mine and we were we were singing and chanting. I got a lot of chants started. Oh, okay, brilliant. <clears throat> Whereabouts? So was, we, oh, sorry. sorry that's the problem doing Skype is that quite often you um talk over people so you carry on and I'll uh, I'll ask my question afterwards right. so we were behind we were behind the goal and then um because I'm a big football supporter right so you know you go to an American you know, American event they just tend to chant USA or go yeah. whatever team it is so obviously we're a lot more creative here in the UK so I was chanting what was it um so it was Joe Gatto, Gatto. Um, you fatten, you're very slow. Your belly is made of dough. Joe Gatto, Gatto. And everyone started singing, all, <laughs> singing along with yeah. it. So I got that chant going. And the Staten Island. <laughs> so getting chant going for that as well. And then after doing a few, um, people turning around going, come up, come up with another one. Come up with one for Murr. And it's like, oh, I'd leave it out. I've, just, I've, I've shot my load. I've done two so far. <laughs> I'm not that creative. But it was good. It was a good fun day that day. Yeah, absolutely. And do you know what the craziest thing is? Is that I was actually in that section as well. Um, Were you? I was. I was in the, behind the goal. Yeah, behind behind the goal, but kind of front row. Right, right, right. Yeah, and um, I think there was one for Mer, which was, "Where's your eyebrows?" All oh, right, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I started the other two off, and I was very proud of myself. Yes, I did love the Joe Gatto one, and um, and we managed. I managed to blag um, myself, kind not really sort of backstage, but where, you know where they were coming in. 
and off the ground went into the dressing rooms. That was kind of a bit of a private area for, um, I think, competition wins or something. So but I managed to blag myself into that little area as well. Hey, well done you. <laughs> Got a couple of autographs on the way in, yeah. Yeah, well, I was I was sort of waiting around at the end just seeing if, you know, they were going to come out and things like that, but they, they never did. So we went to, logically, we went to the pub. So. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's the only possible um, alternative then. I managed to, um, so we came, we went to the back as well. We were going to get some, see if we could get some autographs, but it was just ridiculous the way that there were so many people there and that's such a sort of closed, sort of small um, environment that they'd have, they'd have been mobbed if they came out, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I think also, um, was it, it was around the time or just after that Q had had that um, really terrible brain problem. Wasn't right. It? I'm not sure. I don't remember. I remember him having that condition, but I wasn't sure if it was um, around that time. But I know they were, I mean, they were, tra- they were traveling a lot and stuff, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And Joe Gatto got quite hurt as well, I believe, didn't he? Oh, right. In the football. Yeah. I think it was when oh, everyone right. started jumping on him. I think um, oh, okay. he actually got quite hurt then. So they probably oh, yeah. needed to make a bit of a dash for it so that he could go recover. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like, Gemma, you're a big fan of all of... So you've got... Let's check them off. TSD, yep. Practical Jokers, obviously Hollywood Babylon, Ralph Report. What are the... Um, podcast you listen to on the um in the kevin smith genre kevin smith wise i listen to uh smogcast obviously um yeah i was just sort of not obviously but you know it's like the daddy original yeah although that was one of the last ones that i came to to be honest tsd was the first one that i actually listened to Right. And that was before um, before Impractical Jokers had come over here as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been a fan of theirs for about, I think it must be about six years now, but I'm yeah. not 100% sure. Sure. Um, I also listened to Jay and Silent Bob get old as well. Right. I quite and what like about Education? No, I've never listened to that one. It's awesome. It's really good. Is it? There's a couple of bits. <laughs> There's one bit in particular that Kevin does... Bane doing stand-up and he's <laughs> and he's d- doing bad jokes and he's threatening the audience and stuff as well as he's doing it. It is, I swear to God, it's one of the most hilarious things. And then he also does, he's, there's a couple of characters that he's done in the party. He did he did one whole bit went off on one on uh, about James Joyce smelling his wife's farts, which was <laughs> again I was listening on a train and I just was weeping with laughter. Yeah, I do that too. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, it must have looked so strange. But um, no, The Edge of is a great show as well now. Yeah, okay. I might check it out then. And you're a big geek, Gemma, then? Yeah, I am. I've been to quite a few Comic-Cons. I went to London Film and Comic-Con last year. Right. So that, I mean, that was fantastic. That was my first ever meeting of Kevin Smith because he was over. Right. Um, originally, I purchased tickets because I wanted to meet... Um, Oh god, I feel terrible that his his real name is actually escaping me. But Doc Brown, Christopher Walker, from Back to the Future, hmm? from Back to the Future, Doctor Brown, Doc Brown. Yeah, uh, you know it's Christopher Lloyd. Lloyd, that's it. Yeah, Christopher Walken. It's not him. No, <laughs> no, not um, many chances to meet him. No, at Comic Cons. Yeah, um, but it was kind of. It was kind of bittersweet as well because I was really excited about meeting Adam West. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and of course he died. So yeah, yeah. So that was that was a really bittersweet thing. That you know, it was great that Kevin Smith was coming over, but at the same time, 
I was really looking forward to meeting Adam West as well. But, you know. Did you go to see um, Yoga Hoses when he was doing a screening? No, again. (laughs) I feel feel like I'm like the worst fan in the world. (laughs) Do you know why that was, though? Because... um, A a cousin's wedding, a friend's bar mitzvah. You went to a a broil, no. (laughs) Or is it moil? A moil, circumcision, no. (laughs) No, no, none of that. This one actually was just a misunderstanding because I thought he was just doing it in Edinburgh. Right. But then I found out about that he was actually doing a perform, you know, like he was actually airing it in right. London. And uh, of course, obviously, that would be perfect location. But by the time I'd actually found out, it was too late. So. Right. Yeah. So I went and I got thrown out. Oh, really? Well, before it even started. So I'd been work- So I. Um, takes me about an hour and a half something like commuting to London I've been working all day and then the second I went to I got tickets for the second show which was on about I think it was about at 10 30 or something like that okay so by the time I'd finished work had something to eat and had a couple of beers I was absolutely knackered so I was waiting in the line outside and I was about number five or six in the line and I thought oh sod this I'm gonna go and get a beer from downstairs in the bar so I said to them I went downstairs and said is it all right if I come and have a beer here before the show and they went yeah of course so I got chatting to a couple of other lads who'd been there since like midday and they were allowed to be down there. And then there's no one else in the bar, people coming up and down, not hanging out. So I was starting to spend some money in the bar, right? I was, I, um, I bought myself and these two guys drinks. I was chatting to the bar guy and said, look, can you just check? Do I have to go out and go join the back of the queue or do I, am I all right being here, like hanging out? Because either way, I'm, you know, if I need to go back of the queue, I might as well go now. And so he went, the guy, the barman went upstairs and apparently asked. Mm-hmm. He said, no, you can stay down here. I went, oh, brilliant. A couple more drinks for me and these guys that I was talking to. So by the time the first show was letting out, this lady came out and said, right, everyone has to get out of the bar now, everyone. And I said, I'm with these two guys. She went, no, you're not. I know who those guys are. She was basically being a bit of a bitch. And right. said, and I said, well, I've spoken to the bar guy, and he said I could go up. I, I said I, I said I could stay here. She went, no, you can't. And by that time, people were coming in. So then they stopped me at the doors and said, no, you have to wait until every person has gone through. And I went, you're fucking kidding me. And she went, no, you, you have to wait there. Um, you can't go in before anyone else. So um, I literally had to wait for every – and I'd been there a couple of hours, right? I had to wait for every single person to file in. And then as I was going in, I muttered something under my breath about I called one of the people on the doors a, a name under my breath. But because I'd had a couple of beers, it wasn't quite under my breath. It was more over in his face. But it wasn't really that. I wasn't being aggressive. I just went, oh, you, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then the guy stopped me and said, oh, you can't you can't come in now because that, you just said that. And I said, look, I apologize. I'm frustrated. I've been waiting here for ages, blah, 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 blah. And the manager said, right, if this guy accepts your apology, I'll let you in. I said, do you accept my apology? I apologize. And the guy says, the guy went, no, I don't accept your apology. So then I had to leave. So I'd been there for like maybe four out, three and a half hours, something like that. Oh, my um, God. And they didn't let me in. It's a shame you paid, it's a shame that you paid your bar tab in a way, isn't it? Well, exactly. Yeah. But I, tell, I went full Brian Johnson. Whenever I hear Brian telling a story like that, I think, yeah, that's a bit me. <laughs> you know, that's I, I did. You know, and I stood there. <laughs> this is really terrible of me to say, but I stood there, and there's people coming in, and I was talking, saying to the the, the woman holding the door, I went, "I was here before him, I was here before her, 
I was here before those people. I was through the whole line. So I was being a bit of an obnoxious prick myself by that by the time it all came round, but I was kind of a bit frustrated. Yeah, well, I think that's understandable, especially if, you know, you'd, you'd made the effort to actually ask, is it okay if I stay here? Exactly. So I hadn't chanced it. And the good thing was, in, in waiting and being made to wait outside, Harley came out and was getting ready for the sort of next show. So we stood and talked with her for about five or ten minutes, oh. which is quite nice. Um, and then, um, yeah, got sent got sent home. So I was fuming by the time I got back. And I ended up sending tons of tweets about it and then deleting them all in the morning going, oh, God, you didn't cover yourself in glory there, Steve, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> that is – I mean, that's the bonus of Twitter because you can delete the tweets – but yeah. at the same time, yeah, it's um, yeah. Unfortunately, I've been known to um, sort of sound off saying things, and then uh, you know, you instantly regret it, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Or the the next day when you woke when you wake up hungover, and then thought, I just let me just check my phone. Oh Jesus, what was that? I don't even recognise half of the tweets and those bad spelling and all that sort of stuff. But I don't do that kind of thing anymore. I've grown up now in the 18 months since that happened. <laughs> so you're boring now. <laughs> yeah, of course, absolutely. I just stay in waiting for that Skype call to come in from Mr. Garman. <laughs> Have you ever received a email from Walt Flanagan? No. No. Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe I've inquired about, like, where's the, where's, I can't download the bonus pod or something like that. Oh, right, okay. Because I think the most I've ever got back from him was about four words. Right. I can't remember those exact words. I have I have got them all saved here. <laughs> you know, I can have a quick look on my phone. But you kind of expect that, I think, for, you know, from the way that they talk about about Walt on the show, right? Yeah, he's if he if he would if he come back with loads of it, you know, it'd be almost disappointing the other way, right? Because you expect him to be a bit of an asshole. Yeah, I in the think... nicest possible way. Yeah, I was going to say I don't think he's got. I don't think he's a asshole. I think it's more that he's um, intimidated. Right. I, that's just my opinion. Right. Like customers while people asking questions yeah or just because he's the kind of he's kind of recluse in a way isn't he so yeah. he likes to be um he likes to kind of be within himself so this podcast kind of makes him out there yeah as well yeah. as obviously working in a shop that everyone wants to yeah exactly <laughs> get their five minutes with him and get <laughs> selfies and stuff like that yeah indeed and i've done that myself so have I've you been, been you've been to the shop in redbank yes i've been to the oh, secret cool. stash yeah it uh i've been twice now so and right it was really really funny the first time uh, the second time sorry that i went because i was there with my uh four color four color demon t-shirt on okay and there was a part where walt started walking towards me he kind of glanced down and because i was kind of i was looking in a different way but kind of noticed that he was coming enough for me to be able to sort of see but not him notice that I could see him if you know right, what I mean yeah, yeah. um yeah so um he kind of glanced down at the t-shirt sort of backed up a little bit and then walked the other way around <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like that is brilliant <laughs> Brilliant. So he was expecting to get bothered and then made a speedy exit. Yeah, and then I bothered him, of course. But right. <laughs> well, that that was because we'd because um, I don't know because uh, obviously you're an ant, so because um, you listen to Talent Steve Dave, so yeah. uh, we I don't know if you know actually, but we have ant moots in the UK. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Which are you on Facebook? I am. Okay, because there's a Facebook group. Um, so if 
uh, I can add you into that if you if that's something you're interested in. Uh, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, so so basically, what we do is we all get together, you know, meet up. We we tend to meet up regardless of um, if you know if the guys are over or if we because we just want to meet up basically and have a drink. Yeah, yeah. Let me have a look at what the page is called because it'll probably be easier for you to find it. Okay, sure. We've both got such. Well, I don't mean it rudely, but we've both got quite common names. Right, yeah. Well, I definitely have. <laughs> Williams, you know. <laughs> right, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, if I was to go into doctor's surgery in uh, in Wales, <laughs> nobody would ever know if it's me. Williams? Williams? Yeah. Williams? <laughs> Horrible, y'all. <laughs> um, it's actually TSD Town UK. Okay, I'll have a look for that. Yeah, so uh, have a look at that and yeah, join us if you fancy it. So um, what we did was we actually put mother- money together and made well, a baron, an official baron. And All right. So, you know, that... I had to kind of bother, you know, regardless of whether I wanted to bother him, which I did, right. <laughs> but I had to bother him because obviously I wanted to give him the present. Right. Yeah. Well, so. like a figurine. No, no. Um, actually, I made him, a, you know, the title, a baron. So he's now oh, baron, right. baron um, Walt Flanagan. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, somebody else had the idea, before, unfortunately, as well and beat us to it. But Right. There you go. <laughs> but so that's like an official, like the Baron of, you know, uh, Leamington Spa or something like that. Is it of a yes. proper title? Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's literally it's an official title that. Um, also, I think, well, because I I put down the address as well as obviously the secret stash. So I don't know if like the Baronship covers like, you know, where he is or over right. here. I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure, but. Yeah. You didn't look. You didn't look into it that much, did you, Gemma? Let's I be really. <laughs> you fell in love with the idea and went, "Yeah, sod the details. I don't really care. I'm just going to make him a baron of somewhere." You never know. <laughs> whereabouts are you? Whereabouts of the country are you? I'm in Weymouth, in Dorset. Okay, so I, know, I, I identified a little bit of an accent. Yeah, and thankfully, I'm really thankful that I haven't got the whole accent. Right. So, you, you, what would you, so what would that be? What would that be like down in Dorset? Or the Dorset accent. My duck. My duck. Would you call people my duck and all that? Um, I I wouldn't call people my duck. Is is like the accent is a bit like this. So it's all Irish. Is it like that as well? Things yeah. Irish. Right. So like, okay, what I'm doing now is probably a little bit more like a Somerset accent. But yeah. 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 <laughs> so, but down the um, coast must be bloody cold there this week. It is actually. It is really cold, and that's one of my questions. That I was going to say, how are you coping with snow? Snowmageddon. It's not really uh, where I, I'm just at near sort of Milton Keynes, kind of around there. So okay. it's not really been that bad. And I work from home a lot. So um, it's not affected me whatsoever. No, not at no. all. Not really no. for me either. Other um, than just having to defrost the car and do all that bullshit in the morning. But other than that, no, it's been no worries. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you actually saw from um, my Twitter today that I posted a couple of pictures. Oh, no, I didn't see that. Oh, okay. Of the snow. Yeah, it's like people in Dorset are getting freaked out by this this amount of snow. And, oh, my God, it's barely covering the fields. Yeah. I heard it's only because it's been so much in the in the news, right? Yeah, exactly. And, like, my mum is, like, because I commute back and forth to work, so I do an hour's commute every, well, a two-hour commute every day. 
Right. And like my mum's been freaking out. She's like, oh, my God, make sure you've got this. Make sure you've got that and all that, you know. And I'm like. I know I heard a woman in Morris. I had a woman in uh, the supermarket the other day saying, I think I'm, I better get some, I better buy loads of milk before people stop panic, before people start panic buying. Exactly. This is so ridiculous. I, I wanted to tap on the shoulder and say, you know, you're just about to do some panic buying. Yeah. And yeah, she, it's, oh, yeah, anyway. it's like people are so stupid, aren't they? It's like how how do they cope up north? You know, in the Midlands, up north, um, in different countries like Canada, for Christ's sake, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're shit with weather. I was in Chicago a couple of weeks ago, and there was fourteen inches of snow. Okay, I mean, and yeah. they still got you know everyone still got around and got into work and was around about. Whereas here, the whole country would shut down. There would be people starving on the shop, you know, on the uh, uh, street corners and stuff like that. People will be, you know, committing suicide. It would be, you know, it's, it would be complete shutdown. What I've been saying at work as well is that um, all the trains will be stopping soon as well because there's a flake on the line. <laughs> exactly, yeah. The wrong leaves. <laughs> Although one of my colleagues actually did say something quite funny. She said, do you know what snow is? And I was like, well obviously and said what obviously it is and she goes no 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 it's god's dandruff (laughs) (laughs) that's the kind of stuff i tell my kid where do you work a nursery school (laughs) i don't work in a nursery school no (laughs) but i I... your friend needs to work on their material (laughs) (laughs) yeah but she you know what the things that she comes out with she's one of those ditzy kind of people right right and um yeah the type of things that she comes out with seriously just it cracks me up because I can't believe that a human would actually think and say that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now, look, there's one important thing that we do need to, to cover, um, Gem, if that's possible, if I can if I can ask. No. It's the tea thing. <laughs> I love the fact that I said no and you carried on anyway. <laughs> well, look, you knew it was coming anyway, right, the, the tea thing. So we just for people listening, so Gem and I got into this discussion um, about – how to make tea, whether you put milk in first or you put the milk in after the water. So, after, and you, after. Uh, so yeah, and you're adamant that the milk goes in after, right? Um, I'm adamant that I know how to make a good cup of tea and it goes in after, yeah. Okay, so th- this is a, a thing, this is a bit like the, the debates that one would have about tomato ketchup versus brown sauce, right? It's, do you know why people used to put milk in their tea first? No. So the reason, and this is according to Fortnum and Mason, um, the website, it's a, <laughs> because in the early days of tea drinking, when it first came over from India and China and places like that, um, we only had poor quality cups and poor china. So people, and they'd have little hairline cracks in them. So if you put hot water into a cup that was cracked, um, it would split the cup, right? So it would fall to pieces. Um, and then what happened was, um, uh, as uh, people got more um as people got wealthier certainly the upper classes they were, were able to afford better china right so they would put their milk in um second rather than first um and it was only sort of working class and northerners and you know poor people uh, like me um, and my generation uh, well not my generation but certainly my um compatriots and brothers <laughs> and the workers put their milk in first because they had dodgy um Cutlery, sorry, dodgy china. <laughs> okay, so basically, right now, the conversation is between you being a pauper and me being a wealthy, rich person. You're a posh southerner, <laughs> and I'm a rough northerner. 
<laughs> Where are you actually from then? Because you're not from the north, are you? I am, yeah. So originally, well, I was brought up in um, a place called Wigan, which I'm sure you've heard of. Oh, yes, I have, yes. Wigan's famous for not many things. One of the things it's famous for is Uncle Joe's Mint Balls. Oh, okay. <laughs> and for anyone listening who's not from the UK, hasn't heard of that before, that's not a medical condition. Um, <laughs> it's not something that you would phone in sick from and say, oh, I can't come in today, sir. I've got Uncle Joe's Mint Balls. But, um, yeah, that's the, from Uncle Joe's, uh, from Wigan. And, of course, um, um, George Formby. Yes. Do you know George Formby? I do. I've been cleaning windows. Yeah, that was him, wasn't it? Exactly. And Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen. Oh, well. Sir Ian McKellen, for, yes, Sir Ian McKellen for many years lived in a place called Hindley, which is near where I used to live. So there you go. I mean, you know, you've got... Uh, you've got um, Magneto, Mint Balls, um, and oh, and um, George Formby. So ukulele playing Bucktooth Weirdo. <laughs> and me. Oh, and you, yes. <laughs> and, uh, and I mean, who wouldn't want to live in Wigan? Which is like a mixture of all three. I'm, my, I'm, I'm magnetic, I'm unattractive, and oh. I've got minty balls. <laughs> <laughs> But only when I only when I confuse the um, shaving cream with um, toothpaste or apples um, or mint sauce, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's where I'm from. I um, grew up um, around there. Uh, lived in a few different places. I've lived in Australia, South Africa, and New Zealand as um, wow. for various things, work, and when I was a kid and stuff. Um, and yeah, so. I'm very envious because um, my last episode that has just dropped, um, I actually spoke to one of my friends who is based in New Zealand. Oh, great. And it would be an absolute dream to go over there. And, you know, it's kind of um, it's kind of the, you know, like funds aren't really going to be able to make it at this point in time. But at yeah. the same time, you know, it's definitely would be something that I would save up for. And well, I'd love to go back because I was there when I was a kid, right? So it was, um, it would have been in the nineteen mid nineteen eighties, and New Zealand in the mid nineteen eighties is would have been like Britain in the nineteen fifties, right? So it's like that we had two TV channels. One of them stopped at, um, I think, it started at midday and stopped at seven o'clock, um, and the other TV channel just basically showed repeats of Prisoner Cell Block H. You remember that show? Um. I've heard of it, but I don't think I've ever seen it. It's about an Australian women's prison. So that was the only entertainment there was because, of course, it's a very outdoorsy kind of place and, you know, you go out and um, play outside all day. So um, we, we, me, my, me and my family weren't kind of used to that, um, having yeah. just had Channel 4 just started on, t on on the UK terrestrial channel. So we had four <laughs> channels now. And I went over to New Zealand and there was one and a half. Oh, wow. So that was a bit of a culture shock. Yeah, so I guess, but it meant that you had to go out and, you know, experience life. Well, the worst thing was about it was that we packed up all of our stuff into a big container and then it got shipped to New Zealand. Right. Um, so we were, I was without any toys and stuff like that. So I was like 12, 11, 12. So I was madly into Star Wars. So I had all the Palatoy Kenner Star Wars stuff, like the Millennium Falcon, all that, all that you know, stuff. And, um, by the time we got to New Zealand, we'd, we, we'd been there nearly just under a year and we decided to come back because my, my sister and my mum didn't like it there. So we had to pack up all our stuff again. And by the time we were just about to leave, 
our stuff just arrived like oh, nearly no. a year later mother but then by the time by the time we we got back into the uk i'd, I'd fallen out of love with star wars so um Aww. that stuff that stuff's still well not not with the movies but certainly with the toys that stuff's still in my mum's loft oh but i bet you it's worth a fortune um i don't know my my sister keeps threatening to go in there and 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 uh and raid it to, to raise funds. And I keep telling them, no, just because she didn't keep all of her uh, Cindy dolls and Barbie dolls and all that sort of stuff doesn't mean she can get her mitts on mine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because um, I got, do you know, we've, uh, I haven't got a clue what's up in our loft, to be honest, but um, I know I had a lot of the um, He-Man and things like that action figures. Yeah. Yeah, so cuz I've always been a bit of a tomboy, but um right. I've also got an older brother as well, so it's kind of okay. like yeah, um you like when I was younger I probably played with his stuff as well as my own. Yeah. So, yeah. Um I've also got like all the little Sylvanian families as well, which I hear are actually, <laughs> actually quite worth something as well, so. All oh, right, okay. Yeah. You don't have any beanie babies stashed away cuz the the value of those is just not existent anymore, is it? Um I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I have got any of those, but yeah. I, to be honest, I've never really looked into it because I've never actually ventured up into the loft to find out what I've actually got up there. So, yeah. yeah. You might have a whole fam- a whole separate family up there. You never know. I could, yeah. A bit like, you know, Bart Simpson. Exactly, um, yeah. Yeah, like his twin. <laughs> you, could be a deformed, you could have a deformed twin. A, a, a previous uh, congenitally, what was it, can Conjoined twin might be might be up there. You never know, Gemma. I never know. <laughs> then you'd have someone to do your podcast with on a reg on the reg, right? You could you could have you know you and your your um, mutilated deformed conjoined twin do a podcast together. Yeah, I could do. I'd pay on Patreon to listen to that. <laughs> yeah, I definitely would do. <laughs> um, also, just going back to Patreon very quickly as well, because I do understand Ralph's obsession with the Spice Girls. Do you really like them? No, I can't stand them. Um, <laughs> Good. <laughs> no, but there's, there just seems to be lots of stories. Like, Ed fucking Sheeran seems to be in the news all the time, and I can't stand him either. Um, but, yeah, no, I think, yeah, so, so the Spice Girls, no, I, but I know Ralph's a big fan. So I always know that if I put in put in a story about that, he'll definitely play it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I don't get it. I don't. <laughs> As I say, I don't think they were, were. Were you into them when you were younger, when you were a kid? Um, yeah, maybe when I was when I was um, a child when they first came out. So you know, like um, the first songs I think was "Wannabe," wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I did. I did like them. But right. then from the age of about 13, 14, I actually got into heavy metal and rock music and that sort of, oh, right. that kind of like indie music sort of right. led to, you know, heavier stuff. So, yeah, I, that's why from earlier when I said about boy bands, yeah, yeah. I don't really know who's who because I kind of went completely off the planet you know right. when it comes to pop music so you went you went via the indie route into heavy rock what was it who were your indie bands um i know idol world were one of right. my favorite bands oh god but then uh, the bands that i uh, i know that the bands that really sort of uh, were my main bands that i loved so this was more when it was kind of like the heavy metal route um was slipknot corn uh, Marilyn Manson, but I can't stand him now. Right. Is that based on that story that Ralph told? 
well based on just his attitude in general um i went to download festival a couple of times yeah Uh, well i've been loads of times but just like a couple of times he was there and first of all he was like an hour late on stage um and he was the headliner that year i think um and the reason why he was an hour late was because the um the people who were performing with him had upset him so he'd gone off in a little strop so and then when he came on stage, it was kind of like it was you expect a massive performance from him, or yeah. I always have. Yeah. And it just wasn't there was nothing there. He's just a massive bell end. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, basically. So, you know, that that was kind of disappointing. Like the first time I saw it, it was very disappointing because I you know, it was kind of like my thirteen year old self was excited to see him. Um, and then the second time when I actually saw him, I was there for about 10 minutes and I was just like, who else is on? And I think right. Skindred were on in a different, um, in a, a one of the tents or something. Who? Uh, Skindred, they are a, um, they're kind of like a rock metal uh, band, but they're kind of like almost Rastafarian type sound to okay. them as well. Right. Yeah, so it's, um, yeah, it's. It's S K I N D R E D. Let me get look, so a, a Rastafarian thrash metal band. Yeah, look, I'll play one of the songs for you. Okay, because so, I can't imagine Rastafarians being getting the energy up enough to play it's kind music of, that quickly. Yeah, it's kind of when I say Rastafarian, I think yeah. It, I'm trying to think if I'm you're not just... being politically incorrect again, Gemma, are you? Probably. With your Red Indians and your Rastafarians. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, I don't care. <laughs> well, you live in Dorset, so there aren't any any ethnic minorities down there anyway. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> You've hounded them all out. You get out of our county. Yeah, or we put a pitchfork up your arse. That's right. You can work in our fields, but you can't come in our pubs. <laughs> Definitely. But I used to be in a band, Gemma. Can I tell you about that? Yeah, absolutely. So where I grew up, I went to sixth form college um, and went to do my A-levels. And then um, I was in, I had to, I, I failed on my A-levels. I had to repeat the year. So a lot of the classes I was in, I was in with um, members of the Verve. So I was in a band with Simon, Simon... Richard, uh, I can't remember who else. No, not Nick, not Nick or Sobo. So I was in a band with the guys who went on to become the Verve. I was the drummer. Wow, I used to love them too. Yeah, I was shit, so they kicked me out. <laughs> but, oh, bless you. No, I was bad though. But um, they, but um, they went on to become um, a couple of them big drug addicts, which was um, which was not great. But um, drugs don't work. But it was just... really nice to see them. <laughs> Sorry, I was yeah, just going to no, say because the drugs don't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. They do, only f- but the next day you feel shit. I mean, that's one of the big problems about heroin, apparently. It's very Moorish. Oh, okay. um, I don't know. I don't but, do drugs, so. No. But the, um, yeah, so it was really nice to see, because I hadn't, I, I, when I left college, I hadn't um, stayed in contact with them or anything. So it took them a few years, obviously, to get big. And then one of their songs came on the radio, and then there was an interview. And I thought, bloody hell, that's Richard Ashcroft. Yeah. Um, he was as obnoxious knobhead then as well as he is now. But I think he's I think he's a bit more um, calmed down now. But he was definitely an obnoxious knobhead when he was at college. <laughs> Very pretentious. Oh yeah, because I don't know. Because I mean, it's been a long, 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 long time since I um I listened to anything by them. To be honest, so I'm trying to think of like if I've ever seen any interviews by them or if they even 
you know, we're on my radar enough to invest time in them, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, they, like most like most musicians, like your Marilyn, Marilyn Manson's, they tend to take themselves very seriously. So, yeah, yeah they were, uh, they were, Richie was like that, but the rest of them were good guys. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the thing, isn't it? It's kind of the stigma around um, bands and things like that, but there is still good guys in the in the world, like you said, so. Like you, Gemma. Like me, yeah. Because yeah. that's why, I, do you know, I think that, you know, like, I was going to go back to the um, PC stuff and the thing that I say stuff that I don't actually mean in an insulting way because I have got a form of innocence around me. Right. Like, not innocence in the naive sense, but innocence in the sense that I just assumed that everybody knows that I don't mean anything bad that I say. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> don't try that one in the United States. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. When I went to America the first time again, I went into went into a shop. Can't remember which one doesn't is relevant. And I was speaking to the guy that was serving me. Yeah. And uh, it, I said to him, oh, my God, do you know where I can get facts from? Not thinking. Um, and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I mean, cigarettes. It's it's as I'm saying this, it dawns on me that the guy is gay. So I'm like, oh, oh my God, this is like the worst, <laughs> worst situation ever. <laughs> so he thinks you've come in there with a hate crime filled agenda and all you yeah. want is some cigarettes. No, no, he, he was so lovely and he assured me. He said, no, 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 I understand. I understand you're British. Don't worry. I know you want cigarettes. <laughs> and the thing is, you can get away with murder, not literally, um, yeah. unless you're white, of course. And you're a police person. Um, but the, you can, um, the way that you, uh, I instantly, for, when I'm over here, right, just a normal going about my business, I'm like, I say on a good day, I'm a strong three and a half. As soon as I go to America and I speak to speak to people, that I instantly become a seven or an eight. Yeah. Just by having the people, oh, I just love your voice. Oh, my God. Can you just talk to me? Can you come home with me and talk to me? Um, and just because of the accent, you must have experienced that, right? Yeah, definitely. Because Americans are shallow, shallow people. No, I'm kidding. I'm really <laughs> genuinely kidding. I travel to the United States a lot, and I and I um, um have, always have a great time when I'm there. Why do you travel so much to the United States? Um, I have um, a number of wives um, across the Midwest. I've got a couple in Chicago, okay. and then basically I'm a so I'm like um. A Mormon, so I have many, many wives. Right, um, okay. So, yeah, so obviously you've got to pay towards the exactly. um, child care and things you've like that. You've got to but... see them, otherwise they start to forget who you are. And it's, yeah. there's, it's this whole, it was this whole internet scam I got involved in. No, so I just travel there for, for um, doing bits and pieces of work. So I do lots of different things. I always joke that I've had more careers than Barbie. But um, <laughs> I've got, so I do bits of corporate, so corporate training and all sorts of different things, as well as, you know, bits of radio and TV voiceovers and I make e-learning and I make little films, corporate stuff. So I do a ton of different things. So that's mainly why I go there. It's good that it gives you opportunity to travel, but I bet there's probably not a lot of the cities and places that you actually go to that you actually get to see. Exactly. So I'm in, yeah. so when I go there, I go to a, I don't actually go to Chicago but it, because that's, you know, it's a very cool sounding kind of place. I'm actually in a suburb of Chicago, miles out of Chicago. So it's like going to fucking Burnley or, you know what I mean? Or somewhere. Not there's gonna, anything wrong with it's Burnley. It's funny, actually, because I was going to say Dudley. I was going to yeah. go Dudley. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would be like going to somewhere like that or Vauxhall, you know, in London. But um, but it's still it's great, obviously, being able to come see different parts of the world in particular, 
meet where I don't have to learn a different language and everyone thinks yeah. you're charming. Although I did nearly get into a fight one time I was there. I went to watch <laughs> um I went to watch the I'm a big wrestling fan, right? From the mainly from the eighties and nineties, you know, the Hulk Hogan's and your know, Rocks and Steve Austin, not so much anymore. Yeah. But when I was there once there was uh, an opportunity the the they were at the All State Arena, which was near to where I was staying. So I went to go and watch the WWE Raw show on a Monday. And once again, once again, my mouth got me in trouble a little bit. So I was, um, <laughs> I was, I, I think I'd got there far too early. So I went to go and get something to eat. This is a, this is a reoccurring pattern, right? I got, went early, got something to eat, ended up getting half drunk and then arrived at the venue. And I was just being my typical charming self, mincing around thinking that people must find me charming because I'm English. Um, and then I got into, ended up getting into this argument with this, with this guy I was sitting next to because I was trying to be cheeky and charming to his wife and his kids. Mm. And I was saying to the kid, well, who's your favorite wrestler? Oh, he's rubbish and all that sort of bit of banter. But the guy being in from Chicago kind of took offense and was said, he called over the security guys and said, sir, this man is touching my child in a really loud voice. I was going, I only ruffled his head, like giving all his hair, you little rascal. Um, <laughs> but this guy went, went crazy. So I ended up making my apologies and leaving and scarring yeah. yeah again <laughs> seems i seem to do this a lot <laughs> oh well you know one day you'll learn <laughs> hopefully you wonder i'll learn and then i'll be dead i think <laughs> i'll just be on my deathbed and someone will say you, you know you're a bit of an asshole sometimes you know you're not weren't entirely blameless in that in, with that infraction but yeah i tend not to be able to keep my mouth shut sometimes no oh, well you know you know, as long as you apologise, I guess, you know, at least you tried to make it up to the person that you've upset. <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, spend the rest of the next few weeks um, drowning in self-loathing self and self-hatred, as most of us English do. Yeah. Yeah, I say, do you know what? I If I ever upset anybody, because, like I said, I, I don't ever intend to upset anybody, unless, unless I do, and then people know about it. But... Right. Um, it's it really really hurts me yes yeah. if i actually upset somebody that i care about you know yeah. it's it's something you know like i like you said we take it on board don't we and we yeah no one really no suffer. one's gonna yeah exactly no one's gonna beat you up more than you beat yourself up right yeah yeah exactly so yeah so we're very clever like that us brits aren't yeah, we i think we are we're very good <laughs> keep it all in and take antidepressants yeah exactly <laughs> or drink heavily. Yeah, yeah, or both. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Not a good combination, but sometimes we do, yeah. No, it's like, yeah, take a couple of antidepressants, have lots to drink, and yeah. then the next day you wake up and you feel a little bit worse. So you take yeah. four antidepressants to counterbalance the fact that you drank. <laughs> this is something you have experience of, Gemma. <laughs> Maybe, yes. Yeah. I know how you feel. <laughs> Did you have any specific questions you wanted to ask? Um, well, I was just going to get on to, um, if you don't mind, the Black Panther topic with Tesco's. Of course. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, I sent you the article, but I don't know if you read it. Did you? Or... I did. Yeah. Fucking Dark Panther. What is all that about? I know. But that, again, is... I feel like... Tesco have been in such a bad limelight. And just in case we've got any um, US listeners, which I believe I have, um, Tesco's is like basically like the equivalent of a Walmart type place. So it's a forget groceries and things. Um, but they It's a they've... supermarket, Gemma. They have them over there too, darling. Oh, okay, cool. Super... I wasn't <laughs> sure if they called them supermarkets. So. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a supermarket. And 
they've had a lot of bad press lately in the last couple of years, like serving horse meat for um in in burgers. Uh, God, what haven't they done lately? <laughs> It's all sorts of stuff, really, isn't it? So it's just like um, things like where they, how they um, screw over their produce providers and that kind of thing. Yeah. And they're just, it's, it's a typical sort of big business fucking things up now and, and again on a grand really, scale. Also, they're really expensive as well, aren't they? In comparison to, say, yeah. Asda or, um, well, I think Sainsbury's is probably about the same, but yeah, they're quite yeah. an expensive shop. So, um, but this week they are apologising. Um, because they put out a Black Panther costume and they very, very stupidly called it a Dark Panther costume. Now, I'm going to give them um, I'm going to give them a bit of credit on this. I think Tesco are trying to be politically correct. They're trying to yeah. not to upset anybody. And by doing that, they've completely done the opposite and pissed loads of people off. Yeah. Because it's, you know, that, that movie's pretty much the biggest movie or going to be the biggest movie of the year, um, most likely. Um, and it's just an amazing thing, and people are so proud and happy of the messages it gives to women and to people of colour and um, all sorts of other issues just, you know, around um, you know, the appropriation of, of natural resources and all that. There's tons of good messaging in it. And I think what they've tried to do potentially is somewhere in a meeting someone said, we can't possibly, we can't call this a Black Panther. People are going to get offended by it. We're going to have to yeah. say, call it dark. Call it very, very dark grey panther you know that's that's yeah. been done by some idiot in a committee right yeah absolutely and do you know that was a of the first oh god i can't speak first thought that i had as well um that you know tesco are really trying to sort of keep with the standards like you said yeah. um and just failing absolutely failing miserably yeah, really fucking it up now if they'd have if they'd have like gone through and not stopped there and started to call you know things like you know, um, dark current and dark berries. Then yeah. you can kind of go right. This is a this is a bigger problem. But just that one single thing, calling it dark panther, they've royally fucked themselves over. Yeah, because I wonder, I wonder if they'd have just like taken away the color aspect completely and just put panther. I wonder if it would have been like kind of the same uh, same effect. Well, when you think when you think panther, what do you, do you think of a, a black panther, or do you think of a pink? Are they got spots? No, that's cheetah, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, you I, think I, of I a pink panther. So yeah, you see, that could have caused all sorts of different confusion there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do you know what? Actually, when I said right. when I said a pink one, I didn't even associate in my brain pink panther, and then I was like, hold on a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the word. So yeah, exactly. So you'd have had people in the droves turning up. People in droves would have been turning expecting to have you know the rinky dink pants completely the wrong color so yeah i think they've, they've definitely made a mess there yeah they definitely have so so the statement that they made to um newsbeat <laughs> i can't believe that newsbeat is still going um i know right it just it just feels like such a like 80s program yeah it does <laughs> this was a mistake and we're extremely sorry for any offense that was called uh, caused we are correcting the description of this product on our website and are reviewing our processes to ensure this doesn't happen again. When they say reviewing their process, I mean, they're going to shit can someone for making the mistake. Yeah. But at the same time, surely, um, I kind of quote in a friend on a different topic here, but um, my friend Jerry actually said, um, again, it was an unrelated topic, but wouldn't it be worth keeping that person on? 
because you know that they would never make that mistake again. Absolutely. It's like the principle of you don't know how to be a good business person unless you've made a bankrupt, you know, company bankrupt. You know yeah. I mean? So you, can, you learn to avoid that, which must make Donald Trump incredibly good business person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's not talk about him, though, yeah? But don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, we've also got a listener question as well, so I don't know if you've seen it. Oh, okay. Okay, nope. so this is from Zach by early. Um, I'm not sure, Zach, if I'm saying your name right, but thank you very much for listening. Yeah, I, I met Zach when I went to see Hollywood Babylon, a really nice guy. Yeah, I can imagine that he is because um, I've been speaking sort of back and forth to him on Twitter and things, and he, is, he does seem like a very nice guy. Um, just so that everyone knows his Twitter handle, it's Z-A-C-K-B-Y-E. R L Y. Um, just because I probably pronounced it completely wrong. <laughs> how many oh, how many bike couriers has he accosted and in what fashion? Is is he a fist kind of guy, a thrower of rocks, or does he prefer the old spandex meets bonnet approach? <laughs> Now, so, I mean, in London in particular, there are tons of bike couriers weaving in and out of the traffic. So I I don't drive in London. I only ever get the tube or taxis, um, mainly because of that, mainly because of they hold on to your, um, your um, wing mirrors and they prop themselves up and they lean on your car and scratch your car and all that kind of stuff. So for that very reason, and given my track record of getting into trouble with people, um, I totally avoid – Mm. driving in london unless it's at night that's the only time i'll i'll I will drive in london if i'm going to you know see a gig or, or visit friends or whatever so i i'm definitely not i just let the, the taxi drivers deal with those little problems yeah i i fully understand because i've driven in london as well i mean when i say i've driven in london it's more the outskirts of like the city yeah. um as in like the center sorry is what i meant yeah. um but still it's just chaos isn't it, it I was looking at my sat-nav at one point and it said, you will reach your destination in five minutes and I'd been there for half an hour. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, it's, i tell you what though, Gem, it's not anywhere near like it is in Delhi. So I was in Delhi in September oh. um, and I just, it is unfathomable how anyone gets around that country because the congestion and the way that people drive and they're constantly leaning on their horns, yeah. so much so that they had... Um, the government asked there to be a daytime ban on people using their horn because they literally would just sit there eh, eh, when there's, no one's going anywhere, no one's moving, everyone's stuck in the same bit, but everyone's beeping the horn. So they had this um, uh, camp, they had this campaign where they've got like um, big billboards up saying don't use your horn, all that sort of stuff, but it just clearly didn't work. No. So well, it's even though it's even though it's bad in London, it's nowhere near what it's like in Delhi. No, I've actually got a friend who um, worked in India for quite a while. Um, yeah. She was doing um, like a tourism type job. Um, so tour guide, yeah. I think was her title. I'm, I'm not 100% sure on what she physically was doing. But um, she would come back and tell me stories right. of like being there and, you know, the fact that people would just poo on the streets and, uh, you know, <laughs> and also the fact that people would be found yeah. dead on the street and like nobody would find them for weeks on end. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was like she was saying yeah. all this and yeah. then said, oh, did I want to go over? Crazy. And I said, no, you're all right. <laughs> 
<laughs> and she's, into, she's, a, she's a tourism guide. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's well, a tourism guide. Great job. Yeah, well done. <laughs> to be fair, she does do, you know, she does do a grand job. Um, I don't know. Uh, she's like a school friend. So we meet up occasionally. Yeah. But um, yeah, we've sort of grown apart. But we always come together when we meet up, if you sort of I mean. Yeah. She um, just needs to drop that whole people pooing in the street and finding dead bodies bit from her from her patter anyway would you like to sign up for an excursion <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> we're gonna go see a dead body today it'll just be like it'll be like just like stand by me <laughs> yeah oh i love that film that's one of my favorites it's one of the only one of the only decent films are not making a reboot or a, a um a new version of i think um well yet let's yeah. say because let's face it, they probably will. But um, although the remake of it was fantastic, what well, Stranger Things? No, it. Oh um, right, okay, yeah, yeah, the film. Yeah. Um, because they didn't, you know, obviously the adult part is going to be coming out soon, but um, right. they only focused on the children's. Have you seen? Have you seen that film? Or no, I don't. I'm not. I'm not really big into horror films. Um, okay. I, I watch pretty much anything else, but um, I've never really been into the genre of horror film. And I know it's a bit more of a classic, right? So it's a bit more psychological than a slasher movie. But um, no, it's not something I went out, out of my way to, to go and watch. No, that's fair enough. Everyone's got different tastes, haven't they? So. Yeah. yeah. Plus, most of the time, I, I mean, I've got two daughters, right? So I've got a seven-year-old and a 14-year-old. So we'll either go and watch, like, the big blockbuster stuff for the older one, and we'll go and watch, I'll go and watch every Disney, Pixar um, animation, Paddington, whatever. I'll go go watch all that stuff all the time because it's a really easy afternoon so I can have a little sleep in the cinema and yeah. the kid watches the film and then we come out and go, oh, wasn't that great? And she'll go, Dad, you were snoring. I go, oh, no, I just dropped off because I'm tired. But it's one of my favourite places to sleep is in the cinema. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the kid, but the kids always know that if we go to the cinema, stick Dad on the end near the wall, and uh, so he can lean his head against the wall and have a nap. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me sound like a really terrible dad, doesn't it? No, no, not at all. It just sounds like you're a very, very tired person. It's also being in the cinema. It's that, that closed environment. It's dark. It's warm. It's like being back in the womb in many ways. <laughs> you know, sticky on the ground. Smells of popcorn, you know, just like being back in the womb. <laughs> yeah, although I, I disagree the fact that it's warm because quite often the air conditioning comes on and it's absolutely freezing. Yeah, they are these days, right? They're starting to do that a lot more to keep you, I guess, to keep ourselves like me awake so we don't fall asleep <laughs> and ruin the picture for everybody else. Yeah. Well, there's, um, there's I may be responsible for that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, it's you. Oh, my God. I have to wear four layers to go to the cinema. And I don't even feel the cold very often, so that's uh, that's quite impressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. I I keep thinking that I lose you. Am I losing you? Yeah, you keep cutting out. Yeah, you keep cutting out and going a little bit Stephen Hawking. Oh, okay, cool. I hope it gets picked up so I can um, edit that in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just going to say very quickly about the cinema. Um, I've become a bit of a recliner snob. Right. There's, there's not a lot that I'm actually a snob about, um, but apart from tea making and... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And now I've experienced recliners at the cinema. I can't sit in a normal seat in the cinema ever again now because it's... Where do you get recliners? Like at the big the big Odeons and yeah. AMCs and that, right? Okay. Yeah, it's the Odeon. Um, so the closest uh, town to me is an hour away right. that has got recliner seats. But I also work in the sort of area. So right. it's like one day after work, I'll, I'll go to the cinema with a right. friend or on my own. Doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, so, yeah, you've got these recliner seats, which are basically like the ones that you would have in your living room. Okay, like a lazy boy type of thing. Yeah, yeah. And they've also got these little little tables that just turn around and everything. Oh, it's like luxury. So I've never been into one of those. But I think mainly the reason is because I've got because whenever I go, it costs a fortune, right? So you're because yeah. I because um, I invariably forget to bring our own food in there. So we always have to get popcorn, or if there's some, you know, if we're saying watching the Secret Life of Pets or whatever. The little one's always going to have the special cup with the plastic thing on top. And then yeah. we get the slushies and the sweet. It costs a frigging fortune. So um, I'm sorry. I'm not going to take them to recliner seats because I'm not getting them used to doing that. <laughs> so these days we just, we just go to the basic. It's 2D. We're not going to Smell-O-Vision or 3D or IMAX. It's 2D because this shit costs a fortune because they take and they take and they take. <laughs> anyway. And all, all you needed to do was just bring snacks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I always, I always forget. So basically it's on you. <laughs> Sorry, let's try it again. Do you take your own snacks to the cinema? I have been known to, yes. Sometimes sometimes I don't, but uh majority of the time I do, yes. No, I'm always under the assumption that that's not allowed. Is that is it is it allowed yeah. or not? No, it's not allowed. Well, where is that explicitly displayed? Is it's, it? It's a very good point because it isn't. I think it's just etiquette, isn't it? Yeah, because I always feel like I'm, I mean, I do it right when I remember. <clears throat> so we'll go and buy we'll go and buy a bag of sun-kissed popcorn at the supermarket and then we'll take it in and some sweets and stuff like that. But I'll always get drinks there, right? But I always feel like it's I always feel like I'm committing some kind of major fraud. And all it is is I'm just taking my own food to the cinema. But I always feel really dodgy and I'll pack the kids so I'll get the kids and I'll pack the kids like down the front of their coat, right? So I'll say, stick that in your coat, put this in your coat and I'll walk through because I feel that if I'm walking through with stuff, it's really noticeable. But if the kids are walking through with stuff in their, packed in their big thick winter coats, no one's going to notice. Does that make me a bad dad as well, getting my kids to smuggle in contraband? <laughs> no, I just think it makes sense because let's face it, out of the two of you or the three of you, yeah. um, uh, you know, like a ticket holder, uh, the members of the staff, yeah. who are they going to, um, who are they going to approach? So they're not going to approach a child because they're going to be so worried about the PC world. Yeah. <laughs> But do you know what? It's like that scene from Goodfellas when Henry gets his girlfriend and his wife to smuggle in drugs and, and um, loaves of bread and bottles of whiskey and wine. That's what I kind of feel like. I feel like Henry Hill in Goodfellas. Yeah. I mean, just maybe a side note, what you could maybe do in the future is you could maybe take a backpack with you, one of the kids' backpacks, and fill the backpack up with, um, you know... It's <laughs> a good idea. That takes far more organisation. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I struggle to even get to the shop to buy the popcorn. So having a bag with stuff in that's an that's an extra level of dodgy behaviour for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try it. I'll, I'll keep a backpack. I'll keep a special snack backpack in the car for just those moments. I think yeah. I think that's a very good uh, forward thinking kind of yeah. idea. Yeah, you fun know. like a military operation. Yeah, yeah. And all then you can save, you know. Well, actually, you save quite a lot, so I'm not going to mock you for saving money at all yeah, because, God, yeah. 
yeah i love saving money cost a fortune it does it does because like the ticket cost is like 13 pound for example um yeah that's for one person and then you go you go and get snacks that's another eight quid for example again um you know so it it does all matter that's another you know that's 20 quid gone yeah obviously my times times three that's 60 pounds yeah, yeah. Or, or because you wanted to go to the cinema for the evening, you know? Or because the movie wasn't available to illegally download on a torrent site yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not that I'd do that. <laughs> no, no. Do you watch Comic Book Men, by the way, on that note? <laughs> um, I've seen clips of it, yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, uh, clips on torrent sites. <laughs> My half an hour long clips, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do too, but then to be fair, you know, if they provided it with us, um, provided it to us, yeah, we'd all watch it properly, wouldn't we? Exactly. There'd be no need for video piracy. No. So if you're listening, Kevin Smith and AMC, please bring it over to the UK. <laughs> yeah, forget your heart attack, Kevin. Get on to getting uh, AMC to put um, uh, Comic Book Men on Netflix or Amazon Prime. Yeah, absolutely, because it's not all about you, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. You got fancy, yeah. You haven't put any out. You haven't produced any content for what forty-eight hours. Yeah. Oh no, he has, hasn't he? He's been on Facebook Live telling us about um, how he's getting better. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, fair enough. And I mean, the day after he had a heart attack, he also took a selfie and actually, actually, did you read the part that was on Instagram uh, that he wrote? He actually wrote a lot more than you could actually see on the Twitter post that he sent. You know, it was absolutely beautiful what he'd written. You know, and he's still, you know, like even in even in fear, he had it. You know, he was still yeah, nailing yeah. nailing it perfectly with the writing. Yeah, absolutely. I wish I could be a, a tenth of as a tenth as eloquent. Yeah, yeah. And let's face it, like um, any time that the critics are actually going to pick on his films and things like that, then he can just turn around now and he can say, "Had a heart attack, nearly died." You can shove it up your ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> I nearly died. Yeah. The greatest comeback in history. Fuck you, I nearly died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, so hopefully that will work in his favour. But yeah. same time, obviously, that was very shocking, as I said at the very beginning. So uh, I found a couple of questions that are a bit random. Sure. One, uh, this is just random ones on the website because I tend to like to ask questions, but sure. I'm gonna, getting a bit stale with the ones that I've been using. Okay. Um, so these are brand new. <laughs> Ooh. Um, what was your best mic drop moment? Oh my god! Um, have you got one? Because you also said that you were doing stand up at one point as well. Yeah, right? I, I, yeah, used to. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think possibly my very first ever gig that I did, um, and I was really nervous, and I'd, I'd always done performing um, since I was sort of sixteen, seventeen. Mm-hmm. So I was very confident about getting up on stage and not, you know, not peeing my pants or falling over doing, you know, doing the basics. Um, but in terms of delivering material and good jokes, all that sort of stuff, and it's, it's a really difficult uh, thing to do because it's, you know, just because you find something mildly clever and amusing doesn't mean that other people will find it funny. But the first gig I ever did, I went up and I was on a bill of four people. I went up before the headliner. So I think they assumed we'll stick the new guy on before the headliner and then the headliner can save it. And I did 10 minutes and I absolutely crushed it. And I said at the end of my, I said at the end of my, when I finished my set and said, 
Thank you all so very much. It's been my very first ever gig that I've ever done. And I got a standing uh, round of applause, standing ovation. Aww. And then I suppose that was my biggest um, my biggest mind. Second gig I ever did, I was fucking terrible. I completely <laughs> bombed. Um, and then, you know, you kind of get used to, all right, maybe it's maybe it's not me. Maybe I'm not the second coming of Bill Hicks. Um, oh, I love Bill Hicks. But, uh, yeah, so that, but that was my first big, that was my biggest mic drop moment. And I think I got very, very, um, I got a bit cocky from yeah. my second gig, thinking, you know, I've nailed this. I don't really need to look at my material. Uh, the material that I've been, you know, rewriting and writing over and over again for about the previous year. So I guess that would be my biggest mic drop moment. Oh, brilliant. Or am I supposed to say the birth of my kids? I better say that. I better say the birth of my kids was my biggest mic drop moments. I better say that, right? Yeah. Well, they're your, they're your proudest moments. So, yeah. I don't know. Is mic drop a, um, the proudest moment? Yeah, I was going to say, maybe not so much my biggest mic drop, maybe my biggest ball drop moments. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> yeah, the quickest way to lose money, have kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, if you could learn only one magic spell, but it could only do it could only do something mundane and boring, what would that spell do? Um, and when you say mundane and boring, so so flying and invisibility is out of the question, right? Yeah. So um, okay. So it says example: unclog a drain. Make toast slightly more brown, unjam a copier, etc. Right. I'm gonna say, um, I'm gonna say, go to the bathroom at night. Yeah, I was gonna say, go to the bathroom at night without peeing on myself. Oh yeah, that would be good. Which I do far too often, not intentionally, but it's just um, when I when I get to my get to the bathroom, I never turn the light. I never turn the light on. I always try and use the light from another source, or like the hallway or my room, because I don't like to put too many lights on. Um, uh, and invariably, they'll I'll miss and end up peeing on the seat or myself. So the, <laughs> the ability to not have that happen. <laughs> well, I mean that that's quite an ability. So. Um... You know. Yeah, and I'm getting older. I'm getting older now. I was going to say, Gemma, I'm getting older now, right? So that type of thing happens more frequently these days than it used to. So I am, you know, up a couple of times in the night. <laughs> um, and can I be impolite and ask how old you actually are? I'm 46, 47 in, uh, in April. Oh, okay. Oh, April. I'm an April baby as well. When's your, when's your birthday? Are you a Torian? No, you're I'm, I'm twenty eighth. Ah, uh, okay. okay. So you're yeah. So you're only just um, not an Aries then, because I'm Aries. Yeah. I'm second of April. Um, All right. Yeah, very close to being a f April Fool's baby, which is kind of ironic. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Also, when I asked my um, question about spells, I also then thought, are you interested in Harry Potter? No. No. Okay. So you wouldn't have gone to Harry Potter land then. No, but it is near me. It's in Watford, so it's literally, I think, some like three stops down on the train. And I keep promising to take my kids there, or the little one at least. And every time I go, oh yeah, let's go to go to Harry Potter, the Harry Potter exhibition thing in what? Did you mean that one in Watford, this studio tour? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always think, oh, it's going to do that. And then I look on the website, and it's like, if you can forget booking tickets for the next six months, it's like there are only certain limited spaces, right? So. Yeah. I always go, oh, sorry, I can't. I, I forgot to get tickets. 
Yeah. So why? Why do you ask? Have you been there? No, I, I just um I just wondered if you had been because it's somewhere that I'd like to go. So I was going to say if uh, if you'd been there, then what was it like? But obviously you've never been, so no. you can't help. No. <laughs> but I expect it's very good. I mean, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I think my little one is too young still to be into the books and stuff like that yet. Um, and the older one's far too cool for school, so she wouldn't want to go. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know, at least with the little ones, she can actually watch the films, can't she? So yeah, and then go home and tell her mum that dad uh, let her watch a scary movie, and then I'll receive a dozen texts from her mum saying what a terrible shitbag father I am. Oh, which is generally how it goes. Oh, bless you. Well, don't do that then. In that case, but although the um, I don't know, Philosopher's Stone isn't that scary, is it? I don't know. I'm not looking at it through a seven uh, seven year seven year old's eyes, so. I think that I think that like the Death Eaters and some of that kind of stuff, the imagery to that might be a little bit disturbing. Um, or having said that, I mean we have watched a couple of them, and I always get her. So I've she's she's quite she's quite clever in in that she knows about the three act structure. So I always say so I'll always go. Um, oh no, Daisy, that that man's going to get killed, and this is going to happen. She goes, No, it won't. It'll be all right at the end. He's the hero. So she'll always kind of so I always kind of do that. So she mm. knows not to be upset that, you know, this isn't real life kind of thing. I'll always go, oh, Daisy, I don't want to watch this. I'm scared. She'll go, oh, I'll look after you. And she puts her arm around me um, and says, she'll look after me. So we yeah, that started off that started off when we were watching Toy Story and um, Buzz Lightyear's nemesis. The, I can't remember the guy's name. Zerg, is it or something? And um, I said, oh, no, yes. it's Zerg. And she'd walk up to the TV and she'd shake her fist at the TV um, <laughs> and me. Oh, well, she sounds amazing. <laughs> She's Good. She's a stroppy little madam, but she's great. Yeah, I think most girls are. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to get any better. I oh, don't get me you. started on that. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think I've been single for seven years? <laughs> I was going to say, unfortunately, as well, you've got um, you've got a teenager lurking as well, haven't you? So. Oh, oh, Gemma, it's not just lurking. It's the eagle has fucking landed. <laughs> oh my god! I won't go into it in case she listens to this podcast, but oh. <laughs> I swear, my I swear. I anyway, I better not say. But yes, no, it's a delight to be on life's journey with someone going through many emotional changes and getting to know themselves. We went to see. Have you seen this TV show, The One Hundred? I guess, yeah, I have. I quite enjoyed that program. So we went. There was a convention, sort of meet and greet type of thing. A couple of weeks ago, we went to see that. So we went to this hotel in London where there was this um, convention. I was expecting like a comic con type of thing with loads of people in cosplay and loads of different panels and stuff. But it was just for this one TV show. And there was maybe seven of the actors from the show um, there. And you, you could go and meet them and have your photos taken. And you could go and meet them with two of them together and have your photos taken. You could go to a Q&A. You could go to them and have three of them with a photo taken. You could go for an autograph session. And essentially, I don't know how... I I spent hundreds of pounds just on this one TV show, seven actors in a hotel in London for the weekend. We stayed over and there was a disco in the evening and stuff like that as well. And I was struck by how many... What's the best way of saying it? How many... Um, lesbians there were there. <laughs> there were there. There were... It was a lot. And I was thinking, hang on a minute. I, I've, I'm not sure if... Have we come to the right place? Because I wasn't. I thought it was a kids' TV show. I didn't realise it was. It had a big. It's got a huge gay following because, of course, I didn't know anything about the TV show. But there's a lot of strong female role models in that. And of course, there aren't 
um, necessarily shows which have got loads of them in that, you know, loads of strong female role models in one TV show. So, of course, um, many different kind of groups would would be attracted to that TV show. And so it was really kind of it's kind of fun as well, because, I mean, I used to be a doorman years and years and years ago. And my favorite um, uh, venues that we used to do would be gay clubs because it was just so much more relaxing and such a nice atmosphere. So I was really worried kind of because it was like I got her the pass to go in and to go and meet everyone. And I just thought I'd be waiting outside. But she met with some friends that she'd met online, um, all the same age, you know, uh, 13, 14 year old girls. And they just hung out all weekend. So me and the little one just spent all our time hanging out in the um, in the hotel, going swimming and stuff like that. But it was a real that was my first ever experience of any kind of convention or anything like that. But it was really fun. Oh, OK, so so you've never been to a Comic-Con before then, before that? No, I get really irritated in crowds. So um uh, okay. uh, I'm not sure if, unless I could get VIP treatments, which is what I, which is what I want, so I can avoid queues and things. So I'm taking the, my kids to Disney in when May. So I'm not, I am looking forward to it because it's going to be holiday of a lifetime. But I'm not looking forward to the queues and the, and, and all of that sort of stuff. I'm not good. It, it, I, I find it very uh, difficult to stay in queues. Yeah, is that as my as was evidence when I attempted to go and see yoga hoses and. Get, you know, I'm not going to be pulling any of those kind of stunts when I go to Disneyland. <laughs> um, so when you um, when you see Disneyland, is that the French one or is that the American one? Florida, yeah. Florida. Oh, okay, amazing. So, so um, yeah, I'm taking them to Florida. Yeah, so it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. I paid for most of it, well, a lot of it, with my air miles that I get through through uh, travelling. So it was uh, still cost a fortune, though, but I'm looking forward to it. Holiday of a lifetime, like I say. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping when I go over in February that because obviously I'm going to be in Tampa, Florida, so it's not far away, I believe, from Disneyland. Right. So, yeah. I'm hoping. Star Wars Village thing might be up and running then as well too, right? Ah, yeah, hopefully. Maybe, yeah. Mm, sorry, just taking a sip. Also, I was just going to say about Comic-Cons. Yeah, did you know that Jason Mewes is coming over and he's doing the Isle of Wight Festival? Okay. And that's supposed to actually be a smaller Comic-Con, I believe. Okay. So, you know, maybe that might be an idea. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. But and also I think um so so the Philadelphia Eagles are uh, over here playing in October and yes. Ralph was going to sort of suggesting that he might see if he can get over here to watch the game and also with Kevin as well to do to do a show. So hopefully Kevin will be back on, you know, back 100% um, and potentially that might be coming over in October, which would be fun. Yes, I'm. Uh, yeah, um, he said that on. Um, he said that on the Talking Cods Wallop as well. So right. that was, yeah, definitely something to look forward to. But of course, now obviously with the the recent Kevin illnesses and everything, yeah, um, yeah, I kind of thought, well, it probably isn't going to be. It might not happen now. Yeah, but you know, still, I'm sure they'll get over here as quickly as they can. So yeah, yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, absolutely. So, but even if. Um... Even if Ralph comes over on his own and we do a live version of the Ralph Report, maybe yeah, that'd be fun. That would be a fun idea, definitely. I could, I could be sat on the side with a laptop and I could be like tweeting people from the fan account. Absolutely, that would be perfect. <laughs> yeah, so everybody who's added, um, you know, had anything to do with uh, helping and you know whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, you and me. So you'll be yeah, me and you'll get comps. Although, uh, although I do, I, st- I still do pay for my Patreon. I still do pay my five dollars a month to be part of the show. I'd say I, I said to, uh, it feels like Make a Wish, John Oliver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, uh, yeah, but I I believe, like, you'll probably think as well that I, I don't mind paying that. Yeah, no, exactly. But also, if, like, when you convert it as well, it's probably about £3.50 a month. It is, yeah. So. It is, yeah. It's about 16 pence a day, I calculated. Oh, wow. So, I mean, you know, you can either get cheap, uh, cheap baked beans... Or yeah, yeah. <laughs> listen to the Ralph report. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. You might you might get more um, stub, uh, substance from. No, nah, actually, you probably get everything from the Ralph report. <laughs> yeah, honest. exactly. Unless wind. <laughs> I was going to go off on a tangent, and then I realised that yeah, I need to learn when I need to stop. Right. <laughs> so I think we'll leave it at that with the questions now. I just wanted to say um, thank you ever so much for recording this episode with me. It's been lovely getting to know you. Yeah, you too, Gem. It's a real pleasure. You're doing a great job on this podcast. I admire your um, spirit in uh, getting up and, and doing something on your own. Um, I A few years ago, I, tr- I was trying to start something myself with a couple of friends, but they were really unreliable and flaky. And I thought, Might as well just, maybe I'll just do one of my own. But then I thought, no one's going to really want to listen just to me rambling on. But um, I think you do a great job. And um, particularly all the stuff that you do for the you know the fan sites, the fan accounts for Tom, Steve, Dave, and um, the Ralph Report, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, thank you so much for asking me to come on and, and have, a, have a nice chat with you. It's made a nice change for me in the evening to be sitting talking to somebody intelligently rather than... Um, watching crap on tv or on my computer (laughs) or one of those torrent sites (laughs) yeah or you know crying in my bedroom on my own type of thing so it's been a nice change don't cry no (laughs) only tears of joy Okay, well, that's okay. As long as you have tears of joy today, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, thank again, though, thank you for for coming on as well because, you know, you're a very good guy and, you know, you've given me lots of... Uh, I don't know how to take positive feedback very well, so I really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so no, funny. thank you, and it's... No, thank you. You're doing a great job, and um, uh, I've listened to all your episodes, so I think you're doing an amazing job, and... For yeah, so thank you very much. It felt I was very flattered when you said, "Would you like to come on my podcast?" And I thought, "Is she, she sent this to be my mistake?" <laughs> Does she mean me? Um, so I was, I felt very flattered. So thank you. You're welcome. No problem at all. And um, so for people who are going to be interested in following you on Twitter, yeah, where where can they find you? And also like social media, anything that you'd like to give away, basically. Yeah, Twitter. I mean, I don't really go on. I don't really use Facebook that much. Um, uh, but so Twitter's good. Yeah. So at Steve Ashton. Yeah. I managed to get on to Twitter ten years ago, so I was able to um, I, I snap that handle up my actual name rather than it being you know, having to put in underscores or the reels or any of that sort of stuff. So I was, I was fairly, I was ahead of the game, Gemma, for the first time in my life. <laughs> well, well done you. And uh, also, if you ever did fancy starting a podcast, I, I've got a network that I can highly recommend, which is the new Pod World Order, which this podcast gets aired from. So, oh, fabulous! <laughs> it's a little, a little plug for them there. But um, no, on a serious note, though, they they have done me proud. Um, awesome, and they've given me so much uh, sort of inspiration as well to carry on so well thank you to the new pod world order is that, is that what they're called yeah new pod world order yeah so if anyone is interested in actually releasing an episode um oh, sorry a podcast hit them up at new pod uh, new pod world order but drop the e on order 
for their Twitter handle. Awesome. There you go. So, yeah, you'll be signing up in a minute, won't you? I will. I've been talking in enough Cod's Wallop today, so thank you for listening.